We in. We in. Sup, sup. We in. What up? Welcome, everybody, to the Chris and Kyle Show. Spoilers for the end of our True Detective series. True Detective Season 3. We did it. We made it through. We watched every season, do a different episode on it, each month apart. And I'm not going to lie to you. So, okay. I don't remember half the things I say on this show. Probably more than that. Okay. So, like, did we shit talk Season 2 enough? Did we? I don't know. Were we too nice? I think that... Like our consensus was pretty, it was pretty meh. There's bad parts about it, and there's like good parts about it. But like, it's clearly not as good. Listen, listen. Because here's the thing: season two's existence made me like reluctant to start watching this. Right. That's like that's a bad sign uh-huh. for your product. Like, yeah, that's bad. So, do you think that like as uh, the this month has progressed, like your distaste for season two has of True grown? Detective has grown? Yeah, yeah. for sure, absolutely. Especially after watching season three mm. and being brought back to how good the show right. can be. You can Spoiler see alert, season three is fucking awesome. Yeah, season three is fucking great. You you want to want a hot take? I don't season even know three if it's is better take. than he season well, one. No, it's it's my I like it the most. I don't know if it's better, but I like it the most. Okay. I like season one the most, but I've also I've watched season one more ninety two um, times. That would be a lot. Ninety two times is a lot. Yep. Um Maybe one scene in True Detective I've seen. <laughs> Titties! It's a tit joke. I was going to try to give dude, you... Dude, I think this is what happens, dude. Whenever I uh, make a joke that's off color, my, my chair starts sliding. I think that's what's happening. You're being punished? Yeah. My, my, my gravity are being... Gravity is <laughs> punishing you? Uh, I was going to give you the benefit of the doubt there and say, like, what, have you watched that tracking shot 92 times? But no, no of course not. Even that's too long. That is a pretty long scene. Yeah. That's like at least five minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's hard for me to say that like automatically season yeah, yeah, three. Yeah. But like, like so it comes down to this. You have a, a huge affinity, especially for the character of Russ Cole in season one played by Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Me, on the other hand, I think he's incredible to watch. It's an amazing performance, but I kind of hate the dude in a, in a way. I don't like, by the end, you're like, all right, I get it. But like, also, you're like, you're being a pretentious asshole all the time. But you also respect him, though, right? No, sure. He's, yeah. Sure. Yeah. He's great at his job, but he's also just a, a, an asshole. But he also has like a, a moral... He has a moral compass, for yeah. sure. And you, and he's much better than... He, he's a much better person than Woody Harrelson is. Woody Harrelson mm-hmm. is just a dick. Like, do you like the character of Russ Cole more than you like Marty? Yeah. Marty is... I think you're supposed to. Marty does things wrong consistently throughout the season. Marty yeah, but, being Woody Harrelson's character. But it might be it's way easier and to they, have a but they beer with they Marty try to well they try to, to present him as like an everyman or as a, as a, as you know the normal guy, but he's actually the worst person, which is kind of like a twisty thing that which, they do a little bit. But like I mean this might sound fucking super bleak, but he is way more of an everyman than Russ no, Cole yeah, he is, is. Even with his... But his we also dig into Russ Cole's past and am, we find immorality? out... Immorality? Like immorality. Immorality. Yeah. yeah. We find out about Russ Cole's past yeah. and how he's been affected by the loss of his daughter and all those things. Being amoral means that you don't have morals, right? Being immoral means that you don't... That you have bad morals? Is that think, how it works? I think so. I'm not positive. That may or may not be right. But I'm going to go ahead and say sure. Okay. For the purposes of continuing this conversation. Anyway, what I was getting to is 
one of the big differences to me between season one and season three, which are both great. Mm-hmm. Season one and three of this show are both great. The reason I think I like season three more is because at the end of the day, even though Roland West and uh, and Will Hayes, played by uh, Stephen, or Stephen, oh my God, what is his Stephen name? Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. I don't know why I wanted to say Stephen Moffat. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Nope. Stephen Dorff and Mahershala Ali do things wrong. They have immorality to them. They are much better people, mm-hmm. like by miles and miles and miles than the leads of season one. Right. And than any character in season two, partially because the characters just aren't that good. Like, well-written, I mean. Right. Um, so that was like one part of making me like it more. And I think something else that I thought was really interesting was how similar they were. They kind of leaned into the, the things that made season one work to bring themselves back to their roots and make season three work. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like season one is kind of about how people are bad and how life is bad. And, and it was very bleak. But at the, in the end, they sort of present season three as being that way. And then they twist it. And I think by the end, it's actually the opposite. And it's it's not about the mystery as much as season one is like, we care about the mystery and we want to know who kidnapped these kids and murdered the boy and all these things. But when we find out at the end who did it and 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 the, uh, the character of, oh my God, Stephen Dorff's character, I just said his name. West, Roland West. Roland West mm-hmm. even says, do you feel... Like, like you got any closure? Yeah, and and William Will Hayes is like no, and and we kind of feel that yeah about the mystery, but I think that this the scene when when Mahershala goes, he has like this crazy vision of his wife potentially solving it, and then we go and he and he his dementia kicks in right at the worst possible moment, and we don't get the answer, and then he go but then he goes home and he's happy. And he's with his family and he's with Roland. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was just like, that was satisfying yeah, for I, me. I, I loved we're, it. We're gonna, I'm going to come back to this. So I feel yeah, like we're getting... Sure, but we're I'm, just, getting, I'm just trying to get to why I liked this season more. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I somewhat agree with you. I feel like we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah, 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 okay. Let's bring in the, the people who probably haven't seen this season or have seen previous seasons okay, and okay. Uh, are watching the spoiler episode first. So uh, do you want to go into the a plot? Like explain it a little bit or... I mean, it's kind of hard... Right. If you didn't, it, it's kind like, of right down bit convoluted, but I literally just read a vulture article, so I can I can try. Yeah, to go, go for through it. it. Right. So Mahershala Ali's character, Purple Haze. Purple Haze. <laughs> uh, uh, fuck. What was his first name? Will. Will Hayes. Is it Will? Yeah. No. Wayne. Will Wayne. Is the Sorry. Kid. Wayne Hayes. Wayne. Wayne Hayes. Yeah. Wayne Hayes a uh, is a detective in the. Uh, it's very cool. In the crimes unit. Major and, crimes. Uh, yeah, major crimes. And him and Stephen Dorff, uh, Stephen Gordor's character, Roland, Roland West, West uh, they're partners and they're uh, shooting at cans when they get a call. Um, oh, you're about to go through every everything. Here we go. Uh, not not everything. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the parts that I remember. Um, but uh, when they get a call for a uh, missing persons case. Uh, so they show up to this house on Chupik Lane. Uh, and fucking, This is all in Arkansas, by the way. Yeah, all in Arkansas. Um, which is that where Ozark comes from? That's like where the that's Ozark or mountain range. So okay. it might be through multiple states. Okay, that may, okay. That's what the show Ozark is on Netflix is also like it takes place. And there's also Ozark within the Ozark Mountains. And there's also like uh, there's a company named Ozark in the show. Yeah. Right. 
But basically, uh, where it, this leads to them is uh, they find out that the boy, that there's two missing mm-hmm. persons. Uh, two kids, siblings. Yeah, two kids, siblings. Uh, the boy they find pretty quick, and he's dead. And the, uh, the girl is missing. And this missing girl, and them trying to find this missing girl, and who killed this boy and or stole the girl, um, is what leads... Uh, these characters throughout 30 years, mm-hmm. right? Literally. No, no even longer than Longer that. than that. 35, because, 45. Because the 45 story years. is told over uh, three separate Just timelines. like season one. Just like season three one. Three separate timelines. We have 1980, 1990. And 2015. And 2015. Um, and in 2015, uh, Mahershala Ali's character still hasn't solved the case. Uh, he, yeah, 35 years. Um. And you can tell that there's a lot of this. He he, regret. man. There's this, uh, uh, like the when he's talking with Stephen Dorff's character in 2015, uh, they reference something that they both did. did. They do and that he, consistently. Marshall, uh, is he has Alzheimer's disease? Yeah. He fucking he can't remember everything, mm-hmm. anything, uh, and he has uh, moments where he uh, is standing in the middle of the street and doesn't know how he got there. Yep. Right. Um. All the while, he's trying to piece together all of the things that have happened in his previous life with his family, with his career, and with this case. And his partner. Um, yeah. Um, who, I would say, like, the friendship between uh, between Roland West and Wayne Hayes, and Hayes Wayne Hayes, uh, this was much more buddy-buddy mm-hmm. than any of the mm-hmm. previous uh, True Detective seasons. Yep. Um, although consistently throughout all three seasons, some of the best scenes just come from partners driving mm-hmm. consistently. Yeah. The car even, scenes, even in season two. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. But it's like, even in season two, I was just kind of like, Oh, you, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Trying to rip off those car scenes. Huh? Um, so, uh, you talked about how season three was, it, it, it seemed more um, like happy, like it had like it had more of a happy end. By the end, yeah. By the end, yeah. I would say that like True Detective season one, it it has a happy ending. Yeah, because they're doing you know they're they both live through the thing and they're both okay and they solve the mystery and like the only they're kind of more optimistic about things. I the guess, only by the very end thorn in the rose there, like the only thing that kind of makes it sort of bitter um, is the the fact that like there was this possibility of there being uh an underground child pornography ring that was that was being left uncovered yeah. you know like they didn't ultimately bring that down mm-hmm. all they did was they got their guy yeah um yeah that was probably the only thing that was bitter about that mm-hmm. so i would say that i also think that there is this strange feeling that this season provides that the other seasons do not. Okay. There's like this feeling of impending doom. Yeah. That you I don't know if you keep feeling like something's going to go horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, and especially I think, cause we talked about this in season one, how 
I think they maybe did a better job in season one of executing the narrowing down of the timelines. Mm -hmm. And then by the final episode, you're only in the present and you're just afraid of everything happening. Right. They kind of do that in this season, but it's not as precisely done. And they're still doing time jumps in the final episode. And be the, I think the thing that makes you feel really scared about the present timeline is that it's two like 70-year-old dudes roaming around pretending to be cops. Yeah. And you're like, you think something horrible is going to happen to them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And one of them has Alzheimer's. Yeah. And that Alzheimer's makes it a horror movie. Yeah. Like, they, like I feel like fucking Pizzolatto could just write a straight-up horror movie about a dude with Alzheimer's mm-hmm. just in his house. Yeah. Um, because all of those scenes where he was like thinking of old memories and they were fucking coming back to bite him. Because he was also... Uh, Hayes, like what? I, I keep wanting to call him fucking Chuck Hayes, but it's not Wayne Hayes, Purple uh, Hayes, Purple Hayes. Uh, he, his he was also in Vietnam. Yes, um, he was a lerp. Oh yeah, a lerp, uh, a recon, something. Do you know what lerp stands for? Because no. I don't. No, I think he actually no, he said, said it. it. Yeah, he did. Stephen said it. Yeah, he did say it, but I don't remember. He was somebody who went beyond behind enemy lines into the jungle and then killed people. You also never, you've never seen Stephen Dorff in anything, right? No, I've seen Blade. I just oh, didn't remember Blade? him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just don't yeah, remember he's the much. Main villain in, in Blade, but he was amazing in this. Yeah, Stephen, okay, performances so, across the board in this, fucking great, crazy good. Fucking like Mahershala is Mahershala's in God mode throughout mm-hmm. this. Whole, like the dude's a shoe in for an Emmy to me. Yeah, he's amazing. Stephen Dorff, incredible. He'll get a supporting actor nomination for sure. Yeah. Uh, Scoop McNary is great mm-hmm. as Tom, the oh, dad. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Um, the wife is great. What's her name? Something Ajogo? Cameron Ajogo? Yeah. Yes. Carmen Ajogo, not Cameron. Carmen Ajogo. Carmen Ajogo. Uh, Ray Fisher as the son is good. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the other big one? Is there anybody who's else? Who's the really? daughter? What is she in? I forgot to look her up. Before the- she's in Luke, Luke Cage. Oh, she's in Luke Cage? Yeah. I don't know if it's the season that you've seen, though. Can you look her up? What's yeah. It, what her track history is? Yeah, keep she talking. She looks super familiar. Um Okay, so what I was talking about with the the impending doom thing, um, there is certain products that like the 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 number one uh, example of this for me is a game called Kentucky Route Zero. Have I ever talked about Kentucky Route Zero with you? Mm -mm. So it's a point and click game that uh, a guy from the Navy, uh, my buddy Eric, who we might have on this podcast, uh, recommended this game to me. Kentucky Route Zero is point and click. A mystery kind of game about a dude taking uh, a route through Kentucky called Route Zero or whatever. Um, but the entire game, with its music and its imagery, makes you feel like you're about to like stumble into like a Lovecraftian mm-hmm. like horror, mm-hmm. um, like 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 or like something like. Uh, even like more mythical than that, you know? Um, but there's never actually anything that tangibly leads you to believe that. No. It just makes you feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like th- there's all well, of these Well, I think it's things. kind of expectations, right? Yeah. They, they use your expectations. Yeah, yeah. To make you think something horrible is going to happen all exactly. the time. And, like, and I mean, horrible things do happen. Like people get murdered and kids get abducted and killed. and They do, but even... But, but that, it, doesn't that happen to, it doesn't happen to our characters that we're following. True. They go through hardships. Mm-hmm. They have fights, but nothing like truly like, you know, horrible, horrible happens. I, it just their, their life kind of sucks. Just being a, like, one, of the, one of the weird things for the show, like I was watching it and I was like, 
it made me want to play a detective but never be one <laughs> if that makes sense like I would never mean? want to do that job like you would in do, real wait, life. So you would do like a like a tabletop RPG where you're a detective. No, I would want to be in a, something where I act like I'm a detective. Oh, like a, in, like an actor. <laughs> I mean, sure, I would do that. I would play a. a, a, a yeah, an that's RPG. what I thought you meant by play. No, no, I would do that too. That would be cool too. But no, like I think it'd be a really cool character, like a true detective style detective, like not like your NCISs of the world, mm-hmm. you know, your just cable TV shows. Right. I'm talking about like this real shit. I was like, this is, it's yeah. fascinating. It's yeah. so, it'd, it'd be so cool to do, right. but I would never do it in real life. Right. Too depressing. Although, you know, one thing that we both don't have that we probably like, we would need in order to be on a true detective series. Uh, I don't know what. Deep ass Deep voices. voices. Yeah, that's Dude. what I was going to guess. They're like yeah, fucking Mahershala. Yeah. There's times like when Mahershala and Steven Dorff mm-hmm. are talking to each other. And it's like they're trying to beat and each other. To I'm, the not low sure how you, I'm not sure how you watched. So I we watched some of the episodes together. I had subtitles on. So you had the subtitles on. I what feel like you? it's weird. I have to do that with like everything I watch now. It's weird. I don't know what's happening to me. Well, hey, I think that you need better sound when you watch things. True. So... When I watched a majority of these episodes, I was using my Audio-Technica M50s, those white headphones that, mm-hmm. that you use, mm-hmm. fucking, which are awesome. Incredibly yeah. good headphones. Same for a shout-out, dog. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, wait, wait for this. <laughs> Hold, up, baby. Hold up, baby. Hold up, baby. Making a note. <laughs> uh, anyways, so I was using those headphones. I watched the first two or three episodes with you, yeah. just out here. Yeah, we, we were using the, the TV two. sound, yeah. which is, it's ass. It's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not... Um, <clears throat> And the sound immerses you in into the story so much more. Mm. Like so, even when I'm watching it on my laptop, uh, which a lot of people will scoff at, or like watching something on your phone, if you have a good pair of headphones, like I feel like that's even more important than the visual information. Um, it can because it, of how it can immerse uh, you into the the story and how it can you, you can hear the fucking words, mm-hmm. right? I didn't have any problem understanding them when I had those headphones on, mm-hmm. um, but. It also, I also have brings about hearing, how fucking, uh, <laughs> like, when, when I had those headphones on, like, <laughs> like I felt like they were, like, whispering into my ear. <laughs> and there's times when Steven Dorff and Mahershala Ali are in the same room talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just <laughs> insanely deep voices. <laughs> and those, 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 those Arkansas Growling accents. Growling at each other, and I fucking loved yeah. it. Um, but, yeah, the, the sound is fucking incredible mm-hmm. in the show. Sure. Uh, not only the uh, the voices and the uh, the performances and everything, but scores dope. The music scores is so dope. good. Um, that like, and a lot of that that impending doom is brought upon about mm-hmm. like like uh, there's there's certain. I'm not sure what it was the episode when, um, when they interrogate the guy that works at Hoyt, the security mm-hmm. manager at Hoyt, Harris. Yeah, Harris. Um, Harris James? Yeah, Harris James. Um, there's a part in the score that fucking reminded me of Arrival. And I was like, ooh, mm. ooh. Fucking got me going. Because it's like... It's very like... like I don't know how to quantify it, like, like how to label it. But it, it's very like synthy, but also like very like... Uh, uh, like horror, but it's not like Stranger Things. You yeah. know, it's like it's it's like it's almost like you're hearing an alien. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, score's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think of the through line of Hayes and his wife's relationship? 
Okay. Um, I feel like we've talked about this before about the, the trope of the wife who is with a detective and they, I'm not sure if it was during, like we talked about that during the true detective series or what, but I think like, it was, it was the idea one. Yeah. of having a wife that is, uh, frustrated with their relationship because uh, their significant other can't share every part of their mm-hmm. life because of because they're detectives mm-hmm. and they have to stay professional yeah um, and in this case even going beyond professional but like he's trying to keep her out of fucking danger yeah um, because okay uh, here come the spoilers obviously if you've made it this far Mary 23 minutes Poppins in. y'all <laughs> Poppins y'all <laughs> well so uh Yo, he was good. He was in fucking purple one, haze. He was in one scene and he was good. Mm-hmm. Woo, Michael Rooker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was disgusting. Purple haze and Ugh. Stephen Dorff killed someone. That that's their ultimate. Harris James. Yeah, they killed Harris James. Uh, and it's like this weird thing where like episode. yeah, they murdered that dude. Mm-hmm. They did, but like legally speaking, it's kind of self defense. Yeah, the killing part. Like they kidnapped him and tortured him. They're right. f- completely at fault of that of those horrible things. Right. But then, like, if he hadn't then tried to escape and fight Purple Haze, yeah. then Roland never would have shot him. Right. It's this weird thing where, like, if he would have just not, he would have lived. If he would have just confessed to what he knew, which we find out isn't even that, isn't as bad as people think it is. Nope. And it's kind of unsatisfying that it's not. Right. Okay, so. <clears throat> what, fuck, what were, what were we talking about? We were talking about. I asked about the wife. Oh, okay, the wife. Um. I, a, I loved her. I thought she was great. I, I loved her. I thought she was fantastic. I, I, I thought her as a performance, just beautiful woman. Yeah. Beautiful woman. But also, like, it's fucking right up my alley because, like, it's, like, I, I have a, a huge problem now of, like, separating, like, my, and maybe I, I shouldn't even be, be trying to do this, just mm-hmm. enjoying it. But, mm-hmm. like, every time that there is a love interest that's, like, light-skinned, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, like I, I think of Kate, you yeah. know what I mean, and I think, and not only that, but this woman had a lot of the like attributes that Kate has, you know, like she's like very prideful of her higher education, mm-hmm. um, uh, just very intelligent, mm-hmm. and um, she so had like as it, a as a character, she just, had a ton of agency, mm-hmm. yeah, a ton of agency, yeah, and to the point where it conflicted with mm-hmm. our story and our leads, yeah, exactly, but in a good way, yeah, made it more um, interesting, yeah. But at the same time, there was like certain parts, especially after this this point where Mahershala is being like, "Look, you're talking about like he, the last couple episodes. The last couple episodes when he, when after he has killed a person, mm-hmm. and he's like, I can't tell and you. He, she catches him burning his suit in yeah. a trash can. And in the she backyard. her immediate thought is that he's cheating. He's che- on. Well, I, I don't know if that's her immediate thought, but she basically it's it's one of the things that runs through her heads. Yeah, her head. Okay. Yeah. And she's like, if that's what it is, just tell me. Just tell me. Right. Get it over with. Right. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I'll say something. So it's kind of in the same area of what you're talking about. It's something that I thought about. In It kind of happened in reverse. So you're talking about the scene basically where like they sit down at the kitchen table and he's like, I can't tell you everything to protect you. Right. And I thought it was an amazing piece of character work because like two episodes earlier when he's... 70 years old or whatever mm-hmm. and he finds out that his son is cheating on his wife with the reporter lady right and he tells him not to tell his wife right because he basically says 
telling her doesn't help her. It only helps you. Right. It helps you. It basically says, do you want to leave your wife? Do you want to end your marriage? And his son is like, no, I love her. I, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And he says, then you never tell anyone. You have to live with this guilt for the rest of your life. Telling her will only hurt her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that one is debatable. It's like, yeah. a, it's a moral, it's an ambiguously moral concept. Yeah. Whether that's the right or wrong thing to do. Two, it speaks to, I thought in the moment, I was like, this says a lot about Wayne Hayes as a character. Yeah. And then two episodes later, we relived that with him at a younger age doing uh-huh. the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an amazing piece of character yeah. work. The, the, and there's a lot of, so like, uh, good writers, when they're writing things non-linearly, like mm-hmm. they will have moments like that where you see like, uh, you know, it's almost like foreshadowing in reverse. Yeah. You know, like you're seeing... Half-shadowing? So it's like if it were in a regular linear timeline, right, you have foreshadowing, right? Yeah, we would yeah. have seen him something do, at do point this with a his wife. That, something at point A that foreshadows to point B, right? Mm-hmm. But when we switch it, right, so something that is at point B and then we, we see point A afterwards and then we see that foreshadowing still. Um, yeah, and it like... And it, influences not only what happened at B, but like in the entirety of how the character is and maybe is changing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of like cool little examples like that. Um, where like, it's just, it's really easy. I don't know if you've ever tried to write anything like with a nonlinear timeline. Mm -hmm. It's fucking hard as shit Yeah, because like, a, you just like there's all the things that you have to juggle, but uh, in keeping with like the continuity that you would normally have to have with a linear timeline, you also have to understand how the audience is going through yeah. uh, a nonlinear timeline and how everything is influencing everything, mm-hmm. right? And that's something that uh, True Detective season three does really fucking well mm-hmm. because there is the but like the little decisions that. Um, that manipulate the way that you view things, right? So a good example of this is when Roland West and, uh, and Hayes are going through the, the house uh, of the, the, the parents mm-hmm. um, that lost their kids. They, the people... Yeah, so when Hayes goes into the room and sees the people, do you mm-hmm. remember what happened immediately before seeing the people? No. The, the, the thing that... Like a scene or while they were looking? No, while he was in the room, the one thing that he found. Uh, I know they looked through a bunch of pictures, like drawings. So, seeing a people, like seeing a hole in a girl's... Cl- like, yeah, we, in no, a boy's closet We all drew the into, same conclusion you, that he drew. You see, you uh, draw that conclusion. Oh wait, was it when they mentioned but, her, her uncle? St- the uncle stayed there, so that came after. Oh okay, right. But the thing that you immediately see before that people, Playboy magazines. Oh okay, right. Yeah. So okay. your mind is already sexually charged. Yep. You're like, why are all of these? You know, does this did this boy? You know, did he somehow smuggle Playboy magazines? Which is a natural thing to find in a boy's room yeah. that he's hiding under his bed. It's like that. I mean, it's it's almost tropey, right? Um, but then it goes to another level where there's a hole yeah. in his closet that goes into, into his, his sister's, sister's room, room mm-hmm. right? So your brain is automatically like, oh, yeah. is this, was this kid fucking spying well, on his sister? first, and, and then, then they bring find in the uncle. that the uncle was staying with them yeah. in that boy's room, and the boy was sleeping on the couch. Yeah. So you're like, oh, this uncle's and fucked up. I feel like they do that throughout the season multiple times where they, they set up situations and then give you... 
information to draw a conclusion that they want you to draw that isn't right. Yeah, they, they do it leads you to false conclusions. Yes, which brings you further into the the characters of the detectives. Yeah, because they're exactly. continually getting false conclusions yeah. and go. So there's a, a couple examples of that. Um, one is that because that that people ends up becoming nothing, something that's not even sexually charged at all. It doesn't, they were passing, passing notes. notes. Yeah, their siblings were passing the notes. The siblings were passing notes. That's all it was. Um, and it was like partially because their home was very tense because their parents didn't love each other mm-hmm. because their dad was closeted gay guy and mom was always cheating on him. Right. And they would just send notes like, are you all right? Like just really sweet things. Right. Yeah. And uh, the other false conclusion, which is probably the biggest false conclusion of season three, right, is when the interviewer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When that producer brings When they up, link you back to season one. Yeah. Links you oh, back to man. season one. And you're like, holy oh, shit. Yeah, you're just like. All of this is tied together. You think it's this huge conspiracy? Yeah, this huge conspiracy well, between Arkansas and Louisiana and a fucking child pornography yep. ring. Yep. And then you find out. That it's not that at all. Not at all. That yeah. it's literally just this, that a bring, crazy that, rich woman. That brings me to something that I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it, it ties to the parallels between season one and two. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Um, I, I feel like being se- three seasons into True Detective, we can kind of have a vibe of... like. There's There's consistent themes throughout all three. And it's this idea of... Um, the man being corrupted, right? Mm-hmm. And it's in season one and three for sure. Season two is like all about it. It's it's a, a, an entire city that's corrupt. Mm-hmm. Season one and three are very much powerful men in the South who have money, have the ability to prevent these mysteries from being solved. And it, I think it's interesting that that's kind of what everything is a through line through all three seasons. And it seems to be something that Nick Pizzolatto is interested in and wants to say something about. Right. From the vantage point of people lower down the totem pole who are singularly focused. They want to solve the mystery. They want to help the family who is going through all this pain. Mm. And they are being uh, slowed down by and even stopped, especially in season three, they're stopped twice by the man. Mm -hmm. People who have their own selfish agendas. Right. Because of political influence and things like that. And I think that's really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, uh, so you find out that, like, you know, this uh, conspiracy that she's like, the actual crime that happened here was, I mean, the only, cons- I mean, because it technically is a conspiracy. There's people mm-hmm. conspiring mm-hmm. to cover something up, right? But instead of it being a linked thing between yep. going all the way to Louisiana and all, like, you, you imagine all these rich, which kind of happened in season two. Yeah. You know, there was yeah. there was a, a a bunch of rich people, very powerful people. Yeah, with human trafficking. Yeah, with human trafficking. Uh, but it was really just three people. Yeah, that conspired and a in sick, order to a cover a very this sick up. woman. Yeah, yeah. It it like we talked about it earlier how it's kind of unsatisfying. Yeah, because things have, and I think it speaks to the doom the doom thing you were talking about. Like mm-hmm. we keep expecting such doom. Yeah, and it builds up these expectations of a few things. So like. We, we expect it to be some awful human, like in season one, mm-hmm. right? The dude's horrible and scary. We expect it to be, I think we're talking about foreshadowing. I think like throughout, I subconsciously was expecting a finale where Purple Haze had to track down our murderer, like using his, his military skills. Mm-hmm. That was something I expected to happen. I was like, there's going to be, because we <coughs> early on, we learned what a fucking badass he is. Like the dude's a straight up gangster. Mm-hmm. 
and like I was ready for, which was very reminiscent of season one as well, because mm-hmm. Russ Cole, like yep. like Marty was talking about how uh, uh, Russ Cole was has. Uh, he used to hunt with yep. his dad or whatever and taught him to bow yep. hunt. Yep. Um, they talk about hunting a lot early mm-hmm. on in the show, yeah. yeah. So I was expecting that, this sort of confrontation where we we got to see our lead character's skills come to the forward and execute finding the person. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, oh man, I lost my train of thought. I was on a roll there. Why did Why did you trigger me into saying these things? How did you do that? I don't remember. I don't either. Oh man, shoot. There's so much to talk yeah, about, it's about about the show that it's it's, it's dense, hard to, to address all of it. Yeah, uh, it's in, it's like incredibly good show. Uh, this season specifically yeah. is very good, very very. Yeah. Good. So like, if you have two great seasons and one horrible season, <sighs> what does that make you is as a it show? Horrible though. Yeah, it's bad. it's better than Iron Fist. Uh, Iron Fist. Iron season Fist. one. It's not. Be, it's not better than season two. Of Iron Fist. Yeah, definitely not better than season two. I literally could not watch yeah. season one of. Iron no, it's Fist. definitely better than season two. I mean, season, season two one. is definitely of Iron Fist is definitely better than season two of True Detective. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things I wrote down here. Oh, okay. So like the the ultimate uh, theme of time, just like radiating through this season, mm-hmm. was something that was like very independent of like th- there was specific references to an idea that involved time in season one, the the time is a flat circle thing, mm-hmm. which is uh, a Nietzsche idea mm-hmm. of like... Uh, Nietzsche being a person, not a mispronunciation of the word niche. Yeah. <laughs> um, but or the, the theme of like this entire um, season is time. I mean, memory, you could right? make the like argument could... that time is the enemy at the, end of the, at the end of the day. Yeah. Time is just the true enemy. But it was also something that fixed. Yeah. Um, well, that's what he kind of, in his vision, that's what his wife says to right. him. Yeah. So should do, we, should do, we, do you, do you uh, like the idea that like, it's basically up to us whether or not that was her or not? Do you believe that it's up to us? I liked, yeah, I certainly think it's ambiguous whether or not that's her. The fact that he has that episode right when he's about to get to the conclusion and figure everything out, whether or not that's true. And we don't learn it, I think, by its nature, makes it up to us to decide what we think. Okay, let's talk about the ending. Let's talk about yeah. exactly what happened, right? So, uh, West and Hayes... As uh, old men. As old men track down... The, like Basically, like, the the last person that they can track down, which is this black man with a dead eye. And it's this, it's and this weird, like... it's We were talking about how scary it is, because they're old and you're afraid something horrible is going to happen. Exactly. But also, it's funny. Because they're old men. Right. Trying to be detectives yeah. still. They're going around with Silly. badges, telling Silly. people they're cops, yeah. and one of them has like dementia or Alzheimer's. It's right. ridiculous. Right. Um, but they track down this man, and this man finally uh, tells them. Yeah, Watts. Jul- Julius Watts. Goes through the Mr. entire June. thing, and he, 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 he lets the cat out of the bag and tells the, the exact situation of what happened. Yep, and then he says, punish me. So, what actually happened was... That this old woman, Isabella Hoyt, yep, right, Michael uh, Rooker's daughter, Michael Rooker's daughter, she uh, got into a car accident with her husband and her daughter, yep. right? Got into a car accident, they died. which killed both her husband and her daughter. She got very. Sick. She went nuts. Yeah. She went nuts, and basically at a, a event for the the company that her family runs. Mm-hmm. 
um, saw this family, yeah. which was the Purcells, yes, um, with their son and their daughter, and the daughter reminded like Isabella daughter. of of her daughter Mary. Yes. So basically, this she, crazy ass woman abducts. Yeah. Um, well, these in two like kids. the slowest way possible, she like asks mm-hmm. if she can pay the slowly. mom so that she can play with her, and slowly yeah. becomes friends with the kids. Yep. Like, and then decides I'm gonna adopt her. Yeah. And um, then basically abducts her. Yeah. Yeah. Abducts her. And throughout the course of the abduction. Because they always insisted that the brother be there to watch over the sister while they play. Accidentally kills the son. The son will. Right? Yeah. Uh, he hits his head on a rock while he's trying to fight them. Which goes um, to more of the misdirection stuff we're talking about. Because then they move him to the cave and the sister sets mm-hmm. his hands up praying. Think, yeah. Because she thinks he's unconscious. Mm-hmm. She thinks he's also, asleep. And it's also so reminiscent of season one and it's playing with your Yes, your plays ideas, with expectations big time. Which, like, if you're... So these seasons are uh, anthology seasons, right? Mm-hmm. They are seasons unto themselves. Like, mm-hmm. one storyline throughout an entire season. But they definitely do influence each other. And yes. I think season one and season, and three. season three, especially. Yeah. Season two, I'm not interested in enough yeah, in order I, to... Yeah. Um, uh, to to see how they influence each other, but in season one of True Detective, episode one of True Detective, Marty Hart talks to Russ Cole about how uh, you can um, uh, walk yourself into false conclusions, yep. um, and he says like you know once you start looking at evidence and building a narrative, you can lead yourself to false conclusions, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened in season three yep. with this thing when you see uh, Will. The, the the son who's uh, in a cave dead and his hands, folded hands like are praying. folded like this and we see dolls. Um, we immediately go back to season one and the, exactly. the creepiness of it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but like the dolls like are literally like uh, r- remind us of the, the cages that yes. were built like the little stick cages yep. um, in season one. And you think that they pretty much serve the exact same purpose and they don't nope. at all. Um, these dolls were literally just like gifts that the mom was trying to give to the <clears throat> to the kids in order to be friends with them. Yep. And in order to fucking lure the daughter uh, home with her. Yeah. Right. So she abducts this woman, accidentally kills the son. Girl. She abducts the girl. So, yeah, the yeah, woman, the woman abducts, abducts the girl. The girl. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, the woman abducts the girl. Julie. Julie. Um, names her Mary. Yeah, N- keeps gives her, her a new name. Gives her a pink room. It they like her lock her room. in a dungeon, essentially. Yeah, yeah, but that's where she is also locked. That's the weird part. Th- this Isabella, right? Yeah, Isabella. She Hoyt. was already locked down there because mm-hmm. she's nuts, right? And Mister June, Junus Watts, mm-hmm. was in charge of basically keeping her there and being her friend, right? Or he took that upon himself to try to make her life, you know, livable, right? Um. But yeah, so basically they live in down there for like a decade, right? Uh-huh. And then Julie escapes. Mm-hmm. But with the, the aid With the of, aid of Watts. Of Watts. But he says, he draws her a map, says, meet me at this place and I'll help you get away. And she yeah. doesn't go there. Yeah. And then for 15, 20 years or whatever, she's gone. Yeah. And she resurfaces in 1990 with the fingerprints at the Walgreens. Mm-hmm. And then they can't find her again. Right. Because Michael Rooker shows up basically and shuts him down with yeah. the threats of it against his family. But yeah, so fast, uh, fast track to 2015. Yeah. We have uh, we have Watts talking to he our detectives. Everything. He, he's confessing everything, and then he says that uh, basically he tracked her he down f- in '95 to a convent. Uh, to a convent, mm-hmm. um, and 
apparently she had, she got to the convent, uh, was helping people out, but had contracted AIDS. HIV. Um, yeah, contracted HIV and died at the convent. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, they go follow up with the nuns and they say the same story and they have a grave out back for her with exactly. a tombstone. With then her new name, Mary June. Mary July. That's right. Yeah. Why'd she make July? The dude's name was Mr. June. That's just whatever. Yeah. yeah anyway, uh, then that's when Purple Haze has this sort of episode where he sees a vision of his wife, essentially, who tells him this new conclusion that maybe they faked her death so that she could move on to have a normal life with mm-hmm. the boy from when she was a kid who'd worked as a landscaper at the convent and they, that maybe he found her there right. and they got married and had their own kid. But it could be literally his own subconscious trying to make bring, it a happy ending. bring himself closure. Yeah. I mean, this is something that like he's been, that has been his sole focus yeah. throughout his life. His entire marriage was intertwined. He was with built the on death this. of this boy. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the kidnapping of the prolonged girl. search for this missing girl. Yeah. And once he actually got his conclusion, the, I mean, he didn't have closure. Yeah. And he was, his fucked up brain was trying to fucking bring about some closure to it. So it's, I love, I love it. No, I think it's, I awesome. think it's fucking super cool. Yeah. Um, but I do think you can draw your own conclusion. I, I, I do. I think depend, like, I, I think maybe me and you would draw opposite conclusions based on the type of people we are. Really? Maybe. Do you think so? Maybe. I literally walked into this conversation being like, yeah, he, that's obviously Julie Purcell. Oh, okay, cool. So I like to think it is. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's obvious. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's obvious. I, I agree. It, Throughout this conversation, I have it's, it, talked like, yourself out of it a little bit. Well, not <laughs> talked myself out of it, but like, I mean, walking through it, it influences my brain to- Should I turn this on? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit dark. It's outcast outside. Yeah. My um, baby don't mess around because she loved me so on this Sunday for sure. <laughs> um, the conclusion yeah the conclusion so i feel like a majority of those conclusions i'm pretty positive on that's true i just like to mess with you like the the end of ex machina Mm -hmm. i have a positive conclusion about ex machina okay is it that you you met ava and fell in love with her Mm -hmm. is that your conclusion that's the interesting nice and dom ogleason died a horrible death so he could never come bother you in your happy life yeah, if yeah. Donald Donald Gleason died in Ex Machina, that's not. I'm, we're we're not spoiling Ex Machina right now. I'm just saying, like, if 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 he did, if, yeah, if, yeah, that would make you happy. Uh-huh. Anyway, what what did you think about the final scene of him just walking into the? They flashed all the way back to his time in Vietnam. Yeah, which we had never seen. Before. We had never seen any. They've we, only talked about it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? So I, th- I it was obviously a, a symbol, you know. I so think, yes. I thought the same, but there's an interesting thing. Nick Pizzolatto had a quote where he said, take every scene at face value. Nothing is symbolic, I guess you would be, which is kind of weird, right? I think that he does that to influence your, your watching. But yeah, I, maybe I, so that you, I, so that you really highly buy doubt into... that he, he is too smart to not include symbols. I don't think that he can completely well, operate Well, I think things symbols. can parallel as being face value and symbolic, though. I Absolutely. And I yeah. think that the best writers have that, mm-hmm. have, uh, like, symbols that are only... They're not just symbols for symbols' sake, yeah. you know? Um, but they work themselves practically into what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, and that shot isn't ridiculous enough no, it's, to not it's, be taken at face value. You it's know what I mean? literally just him walking into the jungle Yeah, in his military. And he's looking around before he walks into some bushes. Dude, there's so many moments where 
But they transition so beautifully from timeline to timeline by having uh, Wayne like look back at himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, oh, I love it. Yeah. It's so cool. But so he can say that like that, that, oh, you have to take everything at face value thing, but they made a decision to have that mm-hmm. right to literally like they didn't have to shoot that scene. No, they could have just all. ended. Not at all. Right. But if anything, that scene was probably overly complicated to shoot decision. for what it is. Yeah, exactly. They had to find that jungle and shit. Uh-huh. They had to put him in that outfit. <laughs> yeah, the, like the the there's location scouting. Mm-hmm. There's people yeah. that have to fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. put together the uniform. Yeah, and it's everything. fucking nonsense. For All for three a, seconds. <laughs> yeah, for a fucking ten sh- second shot. Yeah. right. Of Mahershala literally in Vietnam, yep. walking around and then walking into a bush. Yep. And how are you supposed to interpret it, that? What is the decision? I think it's so. Uh, Why? There's a lot of way to interpret uh-huh. ways to interpret it. And the lamest one, because obviously right afterward I was like, "What do people think about this final uh-huh. shot?" It's very. It's an interesting thing to make your final shot, especially right after what we were talking about, sort of the happiness of the end. Like it was just him sitting on the porch with his family, and it was like this. Actually, like it was this sweet ending, you know. It made you feel happy. You're like, oh, look, like he can he can live out the rest of his days, and ha- he's got his life, his his family around him, and he's got his uh, his friendship back with Roland. It's happy, right? But then they do this, and it just gives you a whole new thing to think about. The lamest one is, oh, he ne- none of this even happened. We just flashed back, and he's about to go into the jungle and die. That's the lame. Why would you think that? What's the point of that? That's so stupid. Yeah. What are you doing? He would never, never even happen. That's, That's so really stupid. Really but silly. yeah, what did you, what did you think when you saw that? When, when I saw that scene, mm-hmm. I'm like, my Instagram was like, what the, why? You know, why yeah. is this here? I had, why an, is this I here? had, an, I, okay, let me tell you that. I thought it actually was a really kind of, it, the more I think about it, it's like this kind of beautiful parallel to the, the porch scene. He's sitting with his family and he's happy, right? And he's, he's, he's nearing the end of his life. But I like the idea that him, whether it's a memory or just showing the audience, whether it has anything to do with the way he feels in the moment, him looking, it's, it's him looking back on his life. He's looking, literally looking back in the shot and then he moves into the jungle. And I, I like the idea that it's sort of that he feels armed to now move on to the rest mm. of his life as an old man. Mm. I kind of like that. Okay. And I think the cool thing about the scene is it can literally mean whatever you want. Yeah. It's that thing where like, writers say where once you put your work out into the world, it's not yours anymore, which I kind of disagree with to some points. You know what I mean? I really like that. I, I, I like your take But I think things like this are very much purposefully like hmm. whatever, whatever you think. Hmm. Like, like obviously I think Nick Palazzo, Pilos, Nick Pizza, Pizza Pizzolatto thinks it means one thing probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or he leans toward one thing. But I like the idea that we can draw a conclusion. And I I like that it's sort of an optimistic thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I would agree yeah. with you there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't even say I, like, I, I came like to that definitive of a, con- a conclusion. Mm-hmm. I like that, though. Yeah. Um, Yo, we've been talking about this for a long time. Well, I mean, this is a this is a hefty episode. It's, you have to explain a lot. Yeah, you have it's to, beefy. Yeah, the the show is beefy, man. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Oh my god. And the cool thing, you can be like, oh, I don't know if I should watch True Detective. You know, I heard how good season one is. Just skip season two. You don't even have to watch it. True. It literally means nothing. Mm-hmm. Just skip it. Just watch season one and three, and it will feel like a connected show a bit. Have you have they said if they're gonna do a season four or not? I have no do you idea. know? I don't either. 
I have no idea. I'd be into it. Yeah. I would say, like, on the whole, like, I, I enjoy season one more. I'm not sure if... I'm not sure which one's a better. Like, yeah. if I would have, if I would, if I, if you put a gun to my head and say which season is better, like regardless of your affinity for them, I would say season three is better. I think it might. Be. I don't know though. There's like some some of the peaks of season one. Like we were talking about the tracking shot. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some peaks of season one that are just such perfect filmmaking. Yeah, I also think that there's more of a cohesive whole that's brought about with Fukunaga directing the entirety yeah. of season one. Yeah, like I I heard a take that people think that. The actual middling episode, the middle episodes of season three, which are actually directed by Nick Pizzolatto, are actually like the weakest directed, right. which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do. I do think you're right. Maybe having that one director who's a genius, right, throughout the whole show really well, helped. And his he's someone whose uh, own um, traits as a director brought about like the best parts of season one mm-hmm. and the story with season one. I think like, we. I think we someone, should. Oh, sorry. If you've, if you've seen uh, like seen Nombre. Uh, I haven't seen the his uh, the one with Idris Elba, but uh, Peace of No Nation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's someone who can bring about an environment in like the most characteristic way possible, mm-hmm. where you feel as if you're you're in the environment. Mm-hmm. And Louisiana is its own character yeah. um, in season one. Mm-hmm. Although um, I do think this had that a little bit. Yeah, it had a little bit Arkansas. of like yeah. the Arkansas, but I don't think that's it's as palpable. Yeah, we haven't even touched on like uh, the stuff with Woodard. Or mm-hmm. or Tom getting murdered, like the the false conclusions that they were brought to in the case that yeah. the uh, like the attorney general was like, yeah, that's that's what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. We haven't even touched on that stuff, and it's yeah. fascinating in its and, own right. But it's, and it's, it's it's its own study on racial relations and America and like mm-hmm. all these things. And you know what? Uh, something I heard um, originally before they had cast Mahershala Ali as the lead, the racial stuff wasn't even going to be a part of the show. It was something that Mahershala brought with him, right? Which I think is super interesting because mm-hmm. it plays a big role in the show, mm-hmm. especially because of the time—the time when it takes place in 1980 specifically. Yeah. Um, plus the amazing scene that you were out here when mm-hmm. I when he says, "Do you know what you know what word I want to say?" And he's yeah. like, "Why don't you say it?" And he's like, "I just want you to know I'm thinking it." Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Fucking when um, they get in an argument yeah, after they, they kill. They, they uh, literally Harris. kill someone, and Stephen Dorff is like mad, basically mad that uh, Mahershala kind of like he talked his him. Life. In, he talked him into the whole situation, right? Yeah, and then he wants to call him the N word, but he won't because he's like, "It's the wrong thing to do." I'm too good of a person to, to stoop to those loads, but I want you to know I'm thinking it. No, I think we should say though. The, we're talking about different directors. Uh, Nick Pizzolatto directed uh, some in the middle. Um, Jeremy Saulnier directed the first two, mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel Stackheim directed the rest. Sackheim. That's what I just said. You said Stackheim. Still? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm broken. Sackheim. I was literally reading it. <laughs> How would I say it wrong? I don't know, man. Uh, did you Do you sh- have any negatives? We haven't said anything. No, we haven't said anything bad. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything where I was like, I didn't like that. There's so there's certain times where you're like, how the fuck? Like, why? Why are they thinking this way? Right. I would say one specific example of that is. Um, when I'm when I say why are they thinking this way, I'm I'm talking about like the detectives mm-hmm. coming up with invalid like conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scene where they have uh, the, the the episode where Julie calls the hotline. Oh, you you're wondering why they thought that Tom was so they 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 saw they 
I mean, bring about why it's valid later on. Oh, you didn't, um, you didn't think that kind of immediately? You didn't realize why they were doing that? So they have a hotline for anybody that knows the location of, of Julie, Julie Purcell, yeah. right? And Julie herself calls the hotline. Julie calls the hotline. And she's like, the fucking, why? Like, why is that guy is pretending to be my father? This guy's not my yeah. father. Yada, yada. Where's Will? All these uh-huh. things. Right. My first reaction was like, how, like, how do they know that that's not just some fucking woman that's just calling? Like, like I was like, that could just be a crazy woman. Like, as as a as a police officer, you have to know that that's Julie in order for you for it to well, influence. I don't think that's necessary. I think they have to do their due diligence. Exactly. And that's why they talk to exactly. Tom. You, but you can't automatically, dog. They didn't just talk to Tom. They fucking in like they attacked him. But well, because they're so connected personally. Mm-hmm. They felt personally affronted by the the concept that maybe he did it the whole time. Right. Especially Roland, who was right. his friend. Yeah. And they also felt like we have to be the ones to do this because if we don't, these guys who are convinced it's him. I agree with you. But are like, going to kill him. But it's, I'm not talking about the decision to attack him and like, interrogate him. Yeah, they didn't interrogate attack him. They interrogated him. Well, I mean, it was ver- a verbal. Yeah, attack. verbal abuse. Um, so... The decision to interrogate him is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the entirety of, so not only the two detectives, right? Uh, West and Hayes, Mm -hmm. right? But the entire uh, department was like, this is Julie. Oh yeah, that makes complete sense to me though. They automatically assumed that it was Julie. Because that's, so I think it's, I think it kind of speaks to what I was talking about earlier with like the man thing. Mm -hmm. They were so obsessed with putting a bow on it Uh that they would have taken anything, I Mm -hmm. think. And that's just all it speaks to. Agreed. But you find out later that they uh, they tracked the call back to a payphone, mm-hmm. took uh, uh, At a and, gas they, and they got a partial fingerprint off that and it matched. payphone, and it matched uh, Julie Purcell's fingerprint. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't think that they were jumping to any illogical conclusions by operating under the assumption that it was her, mm-hmm. especially because they they immediately sent people to go check the scene. You mm-hmm. know. And they were just doing basically due diligence of what they had to do, operating under if it were true. So I, it didn't bother me. No, like, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that they had that part. They, they talked about how yeah. they got the partial fingerprints yeah. because otherwise I'm like, that's, you don't that's know. bad yeah. cop work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that stuff with Tom was messed up. That dude got straight up murdered mm-hmm. because he definitely killed his brother-in-law, by the way, for sure. We never f- found out what happened to Daniel, except for that his remains were found in a quarry. Uh-huh. Tom definitely murdered him. Tom went, murdered his brother-in-law, and then went and got murdered because he went to try to go to the Hoyts and got caught by mm-hmm. Harris. Right after he found Julie's room. But Julie wouldn't have been there at that point. So he found her room. Because mm-hmm. he says, I got super chills at that scene, the, the very end of that episode. Yeah. When he opened the room and you see the pink walls and he goes, Julie? I was like, oh my God. Crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking great. Great season. Hot. So like, I definitely got Stranger Things vibes from like the first episode. Oh, early on. Dude, mm-hmm. they played D&D. For sure they were playing D&D. Uh, yeah. All those dice. Yeah. They were for sure playing they D&D They were playing in the D&D. Woods. You have kids riding around on bikes. Mm-hmm. The, the kid missing that kid. goes mi- uh, missing is, is named Will. Will. Yeah. 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 Big. It's weird. Weird. It's weird to get Stranger Things vibes. And it's in, in 1980. Yeah. Yeah, I would say we're at a, we're at an hour on a spoiler episode. So. Yeah, this but is yeah, a, I would for say, sure our longest spoiler yeah, episode. Great season, I would say if you if you are 
wondering if you should watch True Detective at all, I would say just watch season one and three. Don't even watch season two. Don't don't even worry about it. You don't have to. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I feel like it's not it's not good. <laughs> and if anything, like season three makes it seem even worse. It's crazy. It also came from the same dude. It's nuts. Yeah. You got anything else? Uh, no. No. If you love True Detective, watch season three. Yeah. If you don't love True Detective, watch season one and three and then love it. (laughs) If you've never seen True Detective at all, watch it. I don't know what you're doing. So yeah, this has been Chris and Kyle Show. Spoilers, True Detective season three. Next week is the last week of the month, right? Yours? Yeah. You know what that means? Our poll wraps up on Monday. <gasps> so get on there and, and let your voice be heard if you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. We're doing a Scorsese poll, Scorsese De Niro team up poll yeah. between Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. So go vote on that and p- figure out which one I'm going to see for the first time. And we are going to do a spoiler episode on that next week. And hop on to, I'll, we'll put it in the description again on this video, the bracket challenge. I think Thursday is the last day to put your brackets in to be eligible which would be the day we release this, essentially. Um, but hop onto the link to ESPN.com's Bracket Challenge and join the TCAX group. The password is all lowercase, TCAX pod. The group is just all caps, TCAX, T-C-A-K-S. Um, fill out a bracket. The winner of our group's Bracket Challenge will get to pick our spoiler episode next month instead of doing a poll. Anything you want within non-gross reason you know what i mean like don't what did you say last time don't do a porn movie <laughs> yeah well yeah i said yeah don't do a porno unless it's should, should we it has to be a movie yeah we can't like watch a whole tv show yeah and, we can't yeah. do a whole tv show we learned that with this like even the eight episode true detective was hard for us to get in in time mm-hmm. um but yeah so you get to pick a movie for us and we look forward to that's going to be interesting to see who wins and what they pick for us yeah your brother figured it out because the password seemed to be working. Yeah, okay. I guess, like yeah, I guess. Okay, cool. You just had some problems. We had an, we had a we had a, a scare that maybe the password wasn't working, but right. other people had already joined it, so mm-hmm. I assumed it was probably like a mistype or something. Okay. Um, yeah, so check the show out online if uh, you want to watch more of our videos or anything. Find it on YouTube at the Chris and Kyle Show. Find it on any podcasting platform. Check out our episodes. Find the show on social media at Instagram. Facebook, The Chris and Kyle Show, TCAX Pod on Twitter. Polls are on Facebook and Twitter. Find Chris, chrismichaelstott.com. Read his scripts, chrismichaelstott on Instagram. Find me, davinwell25 on Twitter and Instagram. We will be back on Monday with our regular episode, and we'll see you next week for our poll winner. It's been real. We out. We out. Stay weird. <laughs>